This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by VO2GoGo, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that will help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO2GoGo.com slash start. Hello and welcome to episode 127 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. I'm Trevor Algott. And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, agents, managers, casting directors, and sometimes a whole lot of actors all at the same time. <laughs> and we uh, package all that up into this podcast here and throw it up on the internets for you at home and across the world. The In globe. fact, that's what we're doing today. We are sitting here with. Four other actors, like five, six, four, four, six of us total. We're learning four, how to count today. Four other actors, um, and we thought we'd just make this episode kind of like a an actors roundtable year end review type thing to just kind of see how people's years went, what they learned, what they are excited about for the next year, and just kind of get a feel for how to really kind of collectively reflect on on uh, on a year's worth of the journey. And we have an actual round table. Yes, we, we do. actually have a round circular table, and some of us are wearing knight's clothes, which yeah. is odd. So this is going to be this this episode is going to be a little bit of a departure from the usual in that we're just going to kind of wing it and just kind of all chime in and with what we're. It's a battle to the death. Thinking. It's a battle yes. to the death. So why don't we go ahead and introduce ourselves okay. uh, right off the bat? You want to start? Sure. I am Ben Whitehair. Some of you podcast Who? listeners may know me. Uh, yeah, actor and, and roommate of one of the podcast hosts. Which one? <laughs> I'm not eating. You'll have to come over and find out. <laughs> Trivia. Uh-huh. People buying plane tickets to Los Angeles right now. <laughs> Searching for Ben Whitehair. Uh, I'm Jules Wilcox. Uh, I actually went to school with AJ. Oh my gosh, back in the day. I, oh, and her and Brian as well. Yeah. Um, and I was, should I say that I was your TA? Does that age me? Does that age me? No, um, I'm the same age, and I was a teaching assistant. Uh, No, that makes it sound like you were a professor. (laughs) We had um, we had uh, Emily Rose on the podcast before, so so you know we explained that she was that we graduated together. She Mm -hmm. was a grad student when when I was an undergrad, and we did stuff at the ensemble. And you and I actually did a show together at the same theater, not with the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble, but at the Powerhouse. We certainly did the contest. Yes. And I'm a L.A. theater, film, TV, commercial, you name it, actor. (laughs) Hire me. Hire me. For hire. Right now. Uh, And I'm Brian Norris. I also went to school with these two lovely people, AJ and Jules. Um... And was an original member of the ensemble, which is taking me back, just thinking about that and hanging out with you here. Wow. Um, But yeah, also L.A. actor, commercial, theater, voiceover, you name it, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Porn. Well... Kind of everyone somewhere. has a price. It's just, yeah, it's very expensive. But yes. sure, sure, <laughs> sure, we'll negotiate. Um, also do some acting teaching on the side. And yeah, it's been a year. It's been a long, busy, exciting year. And I'm excited to be here with you guys to chat about it. Awesome. Yeah. 
and I'm Jasmine Bristow. I also live with two of the people at the table. Uh, I'm a actor, dancer, singer, multi hyphenate. Australian. Australian. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm a fairly recent transplant to LA. So I think that's going to be exciting to talk about. This year. Yes. That's part of your year. Wow. Yeah. So, well. Thank you. Awesome. And you guys know AJ and myself. Who? Hmm? I don't know. Some dudes that have a podcast somewhere. Uh, So I thought we'd kind of just start off by. Maybe just going around and just getting a quick overview of uh, of what went really well this year for each one of us. Um, what do you guys think? Sure. I mean, I know Let's we've talk all got about some the good stuff. Exactly. Get that out there. <laughs> we've got some victories to share. A little, little uh, review sandwich here. So, uh, Ben, why don't we start off with you? What went well this year for you, man? A lot. It's been a crazy year. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Working to remember uh, at where I started the year, they, you know, we don't have seasons here in LA, so it all blends together. <laughs> and uh, you know, a couple highlights I've done on the personal level, like it was, a, it was. There's a lot of personal growth and work that I did around myself and with my family and my relationships and all of that was certainly, you know, I think it's all connected. And so when I'm working best as a human being, like my my acting career, I think has a similar thing. I have been doing, I finished UCB 401 and was doing a lot with comedy and stuff. I've actually got a really cool uh, comedy audition later today. So that's, that world was super exciting. A lot of class and um, the big two main projects this year that happened. One, I I got to be involved as uh, uh, an investor producer of Romeo and Juliet on Broadway. So I got to be at opening night in New York with my dad, which was super fun. And Got to go out and do that. And then I'm also working with a, a friend that some of us here know uh, on producing this Terrence McNally short play and turning it into a short film. And there will be more to come on that uh, very soon, but it looks like we're going to be um, having a, a very legit director and other actor in it and lots of money to make it. And um, that's super exciting. And the last piece is I was, I've been doing a lot with SAG-AFTRA. So I am the chair of the Next Gen Performers Committee. I was elected as a delegate for the convention. I'm on the National Communications Committee. And I, um, SAG-AFTRA flew me to Texas for 10 days to go speak about social media and teach actors about social media. And I've been doing a lot of that. So I'd say those, those are the highlights. Yeah. It was a good year. Now, before I let you go, why... Did you have such a good year? What was different this year that that you got to be the person that you got to be this year versus previous years? I paid a lot of people a lot of money to say good things about me. No, I. Um, I yeah, so I, I will have been here five years in February, and I think part of it is the work that I've done in the past few years paying off, like. Andrew Carlberg, who's the co-producer of this uh, short film that we're making, I met him two or three years ago. I spoke on a social media panel for this 99 Actor Day, and we've just kept in touch for a couple years. And and I'm, you know, we just kept in touch as professional colleagues and friends. And and there was never an expectation. And then all of a sudden, within a week, I got involved with Romeo and Juliet and this short film. You know, I, I 
had the script and I sent it to him and he loved it and one thing led to another. But so, you know, I look at that as a really pristine example of a relationship that's been two or three years in the making that all of a sudden right time, right place, right projects. And the two biggest things of my year all happened within basically like a one week, almost 24 hour (laughs) time span. And so that patience and just the continued pursuit, like you guys talk about on the podcast so often, of just continuing to develop relationships. And I, I started looking at my career it's tough to have tangible like milestones, I think, sometimes, except for like being on TV. And so I started a couple of years ago looking at the milestones as the relationships that I was developing, both in terms of the number of professional relationships and the quality of those and the quality of people who I was meeting every year. And I feel like I've continued to up that game every year, and, and it's really starting to pay off. It's a really interesting answer, actually, when you think about it, because what Trevor actually said was, you know, what was it about this year that was different? And your answer was like, well, it wasn't this year. It was mm-hmm. all of the years leading up to this year. And I, I, I just I really appreciate that. I wanted to kind of highlight that part of that part of your answer. Yeah. The compound effect is something that is not to be discounted for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's so easy as actors to be so caught up in the immediate of like booking this job or this casting director has to see me or I've got to do this project or, you know, that immediacy of wanting that feedback and I totally get it. But so it's been gratifying to look and see, wow, no, the things that are happening are a result of the many, many years of work that's gone in. And I'm sure everybody here has similar stories. Yeah. Jules, how about you? Um, what went well this year and why? Oh, well, I had a lot of good stuff this year, uh, especially uh, just creatively as a, as a theater actor. I had some incredible opportunities. Um, I did Eurydice, like Eurydice and Eurydice. I did that show. Awesome. Oh, I did that show good, uh-huh. serve back in New York. I did that show as uh, Orpheus. Oh, you were? Yeah. I thought you were wonderful. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I bet you were a kick-ass Eurydice. It was really... Yeah, it's a fun show, it's a man. great Sarah, show. Sarah Rule's a great writer. She is. She is. And, and I learned a lot doing that play of just honoring the character. Like I did, I did the play for the character, but also for Sarah Rule because it's so much based on... On, on Sarah Rule and her experience with her father. And um, it, it just put the focus so much it, away from me and just on telling this person's story, honestly, every night. Um, it was such a gift. Um, did that play? I did Pericles, also at a noise within. Um, and The Liar at Antias, the uh, LA premiere of that by David Ives. It's a Cornet French farce adapted by uh, trans translaptation the translaptation translation slash adaptation oh well David Ives made it up David Ives did um, uh, so that was uh, so much fun and I did that and Pericles at the same time those just closed a couple weeks ago it was nuts I was speaking in verse and rhyming couplets in one play and then doing like really intense Shakespeare in the other play and I never said the wrong line and, you know, like the <laughs> a Pericles line in The Liar, thank God. But um, it got pretty close a few times. <laughs> um, what else? And some TV things. Uh, Teen Wolf and my first sitcom, which was awesome, with a live studio audience. Um, Friends with Better Lives that's coming on to CBS this spring. It's mid-season replacement. And a couple of really cool film projects. 
um, a found footage feature, which for the theater geeks here, it's pretty fun because it's just you're behaving as if you're kind of like you're on stage because you're not taking the cameras really into account because it, they're just... I can't get the spoiler alerts. The the camera is just it's it's not like you're getting regular coverage. You're just performing a scene. You're doing a scene, and there are no cuts, no you know turnarounds. Um, so that was pretty cool. And uh, why did it go? So I I think it was a really good year for me because I started the year out by reading a book called the uh, the Great Work of Your Life by Stephen Cope who is one of the founders of, or he runs the Kerpalu Center, which is a great, like, New Age spiritual center um, on the East Coast. But he takes the Bhagavad Gita. I'm a big yogi. And he, he basically takes that and, and, and breaks it down for a modern audience and uses examples like Thoreau or uh, Gandhi or Martin Luther King to give you examples of how people, when living the great, living through their purpose, they make huge changes in the world. And so I stopped thinking of like, oh, just an act, I'm just an actor for hire. I'm just, you know, like job to job to job. I, I, I made it more my purpose and focused in on making, it sounds so yogi, namaste, if you did but it's, it was, um, it really changed things for me to to think about something greater than, God, I got to get to that casting director workshop so I can book that job so I can, you know, pay that bill or go to that class. It's it's all for something greater and bigger and uh, making a larger impact. Um, and that's why we I think we do theater is to, to really impact, directly impact people. And how do you do that with film, TV, commercials? whatever it's just it's putting it on a larger scale it's a larger format to touch more people i love touching people i did say that <laughs> um, i'm sitting right here <laughs> and i just touched him big moment <laughs> um so i think that's what made a big big difference this year and um you know, it's also just, it's moving into this next year, too, of just refining and getting more clear on, on what kind of impact I want to make and um, being around family and friends and looking at your personal relationships, I think, is the, the way to, to really start. And that's where things start unlocking. See, I love, I love everything you just said because logically, I think someone would look at you, like you, you said, like, rather than focusing on the casting director workshops or the one plus one equals two part of the career focusing instead kind of in and being like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And how, and so to see that that's how your results came about, not necessarily through all these things that actors should be doing, but just focusing on who you want to be Mm -hmm. and who, and, and what your purpose is. And then bam, you had a great year. And it's also a lot of hard work. I don't want to discount that. Um, but the hard work doesn't, matter you don't it's not motivated if you don't have some bigger reason behind it it's just busy work um and the work pays off that hard work really pays off when you're committed to something bigger awesome yeah awesome <laughs> brian yes you sir. had an awesome year <clears throat> it was a really exciting year it was really fun um 
the biggest thing was I got my first kind of regular job on a show. Um, I was a uh, I was a regular on um, Neela Butte's first television show, which she did for Direct TV called Full Circle. That also came about because of Andrew Carlberg, who's also a really good friend of mine, and that came about in a really similar way. He saw me in a play, and we kind of Facebooked and became friends, and then years later, uh, different opportunities to work together kind of came up. But you build a relationship so many years before that and just kind of tend to it and, and take care of your friends because they're your friends and, and include them in your life. And then eventually it makes sense to work together because who else are you going to work with but your friends, right? Um, so yeah, I did that and I got to meet incredible people because it was kind of, the show structured like an Altman movie almost, um, where every single episode kind of focused on different people and so they had different name actors kind of coming in for these little arcs and then they'd do two episodes and then you'd have two new people in there and so I got to work with like Kate Walsh and Cheyenne Jackson and Minka Kelly and Tom Felton and Ali Sheedy and just all of these wonderful people and uh, they brought in these great film directors and um, people who've been working on like Mad Men and Game of Thrones to direct these episodes and you're getting to work on scripts by Neil LeBute and that was a pretty incredible experience and unique too because it was a really low budget show so we were shooting 25 pages a day and we got all 10 episodes done in 12 days it was actually a lot like doing theater um because they would have three cameras going at all times but all set up not like a multi-cam set up like single cam and um and we would run like a basically like a third of it at a time so you'd have to know when your entrances and your exits were but instead of having a stage manager who would cue you or being able to actually hear, everyone's talking like it's filmed, so they're all mic'd and they're all being really quiet. So you're like, I'm sorry, wait, did you just have your emotional mo- Oh, no, 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 you're just taking a beat. Okay, I'm going to wait. Uh, <laughs> and so it's this really cool combination of film and, uh, and bringing a lot of theater training to it. Um, and so it felt like, yes, my degree is paying off. Um, <laughs> so that was really fun. And then uh, I, uh, I, do, I have a wonderful voiceover job that I do. I'm the voice of Wendy's Fast Food, and this is my second year doing that, and it's gotten me really comfortable behind the mic, and um, it's really gotten... You know, when you first get a job like that, at least for me, it was... There's a lot of fear. It's like, how do I keep this job? How do I make them like me? How do I make this hamburger sound delicious? (laughs) And after a little while, it just becomes fun, and you just remember that it's about play, and the session directors have gotten to know me really well, and so now it's like, okay, great, now let's do accents. Now let, now you're drunk. And we usually don't use those ones, but they're fun, and occasionally they actually sneak into a radio ad and uh, gets, you know, a little bit of character in there, which is cool. Um, and then I also, gosh, big year. Um, I developed, in the process of writing my first show that we're developing right now, I have a half-hour pilot that uh, putting final touches on, hoping to kind of experience the the world of selling shows this upcoming year so i have an exciting learning curve there um national commercial was really fun um i got a lot of dirt thrown in my face for that literally that's basically what the commercial was um buckets of dirt it was for htc1 and it's no i feel like almost everybody saw because it was one of like three hulu ads for months and it was funny people were like oh my god you were the guy covered in mud it was a lot more of I know you. Where, did we go to high school together? And I'm like, no, I, I'm not from Albuquerque. Like, I, I, I don't know you. Like, I know you. And I realized after, like, this kept happening, I was like, they're, they're Hulu watchers. That's what it is. I'm the guy that's getting mud thrown on his face while they do other things during the ads. Um, so, yeah, I did that. And um, recently got uh, an exciting agent move. I signed with APA, which just feels like it's going to take things kind of to a new level of activity and exposure. Um, 
<clears throat> and uh, I bought my first house this year, which is really exciting. And it's, uh, and it's, yeah. Thank you, Wendy's. <laughs> thank you, Wendy's. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't think they want to do commercial work, you're wrong. <laughs> um, you're wrong. Um, and yeah, just kind of, there's a learning curve on a house too. Boy, all these things that I just never had yeah. to deal with in my life. Uh, but it's fun and it's exciting. Um, so yeah, it's been a really, it's been a really great year. Um, I've also been teaching a couple classes, and it's now gone from now I do two or three a week. Um, it's kind of like the best side job in the world. Um, I teach at John Rosenfeld Studios, and when, and when I'm not, uh, is that right? Do we yeah. meet there too? That's I think so. where it That's is. the other place where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 John Rosenfeld, he's great. And yes. Actor Salon, it's wonderful. Actor Salon, I founded that thing. Damn it, yeah. Brian Tackett. I asked. Yeah, there um, we go. Yeah. Uh, that's Got so it. funny. Small oh, world. Right. I, right. I was like, wait, is he the Brian? Is he the one who co-founded yeah. Echelon with Brian Patak? And you're like, I don't know. He's a ginger. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I think that's him. Yep, some ginger love right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's just, it's the best side career because it means when I'm not working on my own stuff, I'm working with other people on their stuff. It keeps me sharp. Wow. It's a way to give back. It's a way to keep, you know. And when you teach, you get to solve 14 problems a day. So when you have your one, you're like, okay, great. I've got a library of solutions now that I can kind of look back on. And, um, yeah, it's a really fun way to, like, continue to grow while also giving back and making a little bit of money. That's awesome. So a lot of amazing things. So why did this all happen this year and not last year? I wish I had a more original <laughs> answer, but it's true. It's just, I, it's, it's compound. It's, it's, it's things paying off over years. I feel like there's this myth that Hollywood's this place you go to and, you know, what's your dream? And I want to be an actor and you're a star. It, it, it doesn't really happen like that. Like, I remember when um, Up in the Air came out and a lot of people were like, See, Anna Kendrick, she came out of nowhere. I'm like, A, she's in Twilight. And B, she was on Broadway like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes years. I kind of, the image I always like is just like set dominoes. It's not your job to knock them down. Just your job, just patiently, one at a time. Whether it's um, each audition is just a new domino, a new chance to like make a fan or, or let them know what you, uh, another side of what you do. Or whether it's a relationship, a friendship. I mean, going out to a coffee with somebody, doing this, just everything. It's just a chance to grow your career one little bit at a time and then you never know who's going to knock one thing down and this is a town that's all about heat and perceived heat so the second that one gets knocked down and one's like oh my god I want a piece of that person <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just you know keep setting things one at a time that's a great image the domino mm-hmm. thing I've never thought of, I've never thought of it that way before that's Really, really great image. Thanks. You set the dominoes, and then somebody else mm-hmm. will come along and someone, knock them down. Which would be funny because if in real life you set all those dominoes and someone else accidentally knocked them down, <laughs> you'd be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell? I, I just spent five years. <laughs> well, I oh yeah, but here you're like, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that, Andrew Carlberg, for yeah, knocking thanks, over that domino. You, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, domino blue balls. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> I spent all this time. Sorry. Ah, you can edit that. Coming this summer, ABC, <laughs> Domino Blue Ball. It's <laughs> awesome. like a stripper name. Domino Blue Ball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna, I don't. I don't. I was gonna say her. She's like what she's advertising. I don't want. I was gonna say it was my band name, but stripper name is good. Stripper wow. name is good. Awesome. So Jasmine, you've got a little bit of a unique story in that you're not even from like here, and you just recently kind of come here. Yes. <laughs> so, so tell, give us a little background uh, on your, your journey so, and what this year has been like for you. So a bit of background. I am Australian and I moved to the US about five years ago and I moved up to the Bay Area and 
I, I've always I've I've been a dancer my whole life, and I've always dabbled in acting and singing, but it's never it was never at the forefront of what I was up to. And then I at a point decided I, I went to Europe and studied ballet, and at a point decided, hey, this isn't for me, and I went back to Australia and decided that I was just going to work until I figured everything out. And I guess about five years later, I was still working. I was working for a software company and kind of put everything else on the back burner. I bought houses and I settled down. And and then five years ago, work sent me to the US and I ended up staying here. And I hit that point where I'm like, if I don't pursue this and seriously consider it, I'll always regret it. So I turned back to the arts and started training up there. There was I went to a great Meisner school and got a commercial agent or just an agent up there because they do commercial and theatrical together up in the Bay Area. And I, I just, I got into it and I, I had a great teacher who's also a manager down here. So I did a lot of, besides the technique, I, I learned a lot about the business and what I need to do and how it all works. And, and so I went and I was part of a masterminds group up there. And so when I knew I was moving down to LA, I, I had this whole plan. I was like, okay, I know, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I had my, you know, week by week pretty much set out, okay, I'm going to go to these events and I'm going to join these groups and I'm going to get out to these casting directors. And then, uh, I ended up moving and a lot of other stuff in my life happened and it it kind of derailed my plans. Um, I, I lost family members and I had relationship breakdowns and so it really changed. In a way, I felt like it derailed what I was up to in my career, but you know what I what it did allow me to come to was that this isn't the sprint, it's the marathon. And, you know, it's a, it's really allowed me to do a lot of personal growth work and work on myself and work on my relationships and get me to a place where I feel like I, I am a more stable, happy person and, you know, the, that person that's going to walk into the audition room is a much, you know, more appealing person, people, the kind of person that people are going to work with rather than someone who's comes across desperate or comes across, you know, like a crazy person that they don't want to work with. Yeah. Cause there's, there's a few of that. There's a bit of that down here. No. Ben's got a good term for that. Yeah. <laughs> Whackters. 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 <laughs> yeah. Don't be a whacter. Um, I have that bumper sticker. <laughs> I don't have that bumper sticker. <laughs> Print it. We should make that. Yeah, you're sitting on a gold mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to buy a house, too. (laughs) All that bumper sticker money, she. So, yeah, I I guess I've been in L.A. just over six months, and I have a commercial agent, thanks to relationships. (coughs) Thanks to Ben. Uh, And me, because I did, you know. I showed up. She gives good meeting. I gives good. I gives good meeting, um, <laughs> and that's been going really well. I've gotten out quite a bit, and I, I got a callback on my first audition, so that was awesome. Um, you put on a veil in like your first week, right? Yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrate those wins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like first week of, of having the commercial uh, agent, and she was had a callback and then was put on a veil for the next one. So it was like boom, boom, boom. Uh, the, other, the other awesome things that, that I've been able to do since I was here were through, again, through relationship because... Um, because I'd been down doing the uh, transformational work, I knew a lot of people, and that was incredibly supportive as far as moving to LA goes. You know, I, in a sense, I felt like I was moving home because I knew so many people and I was so close to so many people that, you know, I, I, I fit right in in that way. I didn't feel lost, I didn't feel lonely, uh, you know. It was very, very supportive to have that network before I came. Um, and one, one of my friends is a director, and he he cast me in a in an iPhone app commercial. Um, so I got to do that. And then same guy was the guy we did the music video mm. for. And honestly, like as far as my <coughs> career goes so far, that was a highlight because. I got to dance and choreograph and and dance with you, and it was just so awesome. Have, was, you, have you seen the most recent cut of the music video? No. I have. You have? <laughs> I have. <laughs> you jerk face. We all have. It looks awesome. We were all watching we it together. Yeah. So In fact, I have it on yeah. my phone, guys. Well, for, I'm glad you said that, though, because I would have forgotten about the music video, like, yeah. just as a, as, a, yeah. as a milestone. As backstory, the editor, the director, director slash editor was my roommate for a short time, so. Yes. So I got to, to listen to that song over and over again. Not as much as we did. <laughs> oh, I think so. I think we were. Trust me. We should sing it. <laughs> no, it's like, no, no, it's not out yet. We can't sing it. We get in yeah. trouble. Uh, well, that's cool though. You know what I'm hearing is that like a lot of it was like you came from a lot of relationship, kind of like you said, breakdown, and you came into a space where relationships were so supportive for you. Mm. Like it sounds like so much of this was because of the people in your life that you've mm-hmm. cultivated these connections with. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, what would you say the most valuable? Um, how do you approach your relationships? Like, what's your? Can you sum up your philosophy on relationships? Oh my god! And I actually am asking that question. <laughs> I know you are. Oh, I love people. That's it. I love people. I love learning about people and knowing people. And I, I think what what works so to speak is that i in relationship i don't it's not about me i'm 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 always just so interested in the other person and i i guess that comes across i guess that's what yeah. you know what puts people at ease and i i i think i'm very genuine and i'm very honest and open and and i think that that lack of fear or lack of insecurity when it comes to creating relationship is is what works for me mm-hmm. yeah awesome i don't know if that's my nugget philosophy no i know i mean that's, that was a huge <laughs> it was unfair of me to spot. but that's but that's huge you know like we we talk about this time and time again but keith ferrazzi wrote a great book called never eat alone and in it he says yeah. people ask him what's the <coughs> secret to your huge rolodex essentially and he mm-hmm. says what's one word generosity 
And, you know, I've, I've read a bunch of books on that kind of topic, and um, the other one that comes to mind is How to Win Friends and Inf- Influence People by Dale Carnegie, and there's one s- whole section in there where he talks about, like, just ask people about themselves, and you'll be amazed at the connection you can create in such mm-hmm. a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how infrequently we do that in our culture. Mm. Espe- I mean, maybe it's just a, my own warped experience, but it seems like that's that's kind of a rare thing for somebody to actually sit, ask you about your life, your passions, your dreams, your goals, mm-hmm. your relationships, your fears, whatever it is, and actually listen to the answers mm-hmm. and not wait for their turn to speak or be yeah. checking their phone or whatever it is. So yeah. that's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. that is not something to be, I think, um, discounted at all. Mm-hmm. Um for anybody ever. I think that's like, that's probably, I think would say that's probably the core skill that every relation, every acting career is built on is how to give good relationship. <laughs> I, uh, I translate that to social media as well, which is just developing relationships mm-hmm. through a technological medium as well. And that's sort of the core philosophy, basically everything you just said around listen, <clears throat> engage and add value. And if you come from that paradigm, I think, with your relationships in life and particularly in this business, that is what has led to, I mean, all the stories that we have shared, I think you could find mm-hmm. a lot of that is, is what worked. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've been uh, going to, there's an Australians in film group and they put on events all the time. I've been to a screenwriting workshop and a, um, a few film premieres and you know, it, it's always just an opportunity to meet people. And the last screening I went to, I, I ended up hooking up with the the writer-director of the film who's just moved to L.A., like, down the road. And so, you know, now we get to hang out. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that anything's going to happen. It's just an opportunity to talk about where we can get the best coffee and yeah well you set up a domino you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. like yes. brian just said people who doesn't want to work with their who doesn't want to work with their friends second house yes yes, yes. 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 Exactly. cool man cool you had a good year dude i have and you know i'm 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 really glad that to, to i'm glad to be going second to last actually because hearing you ben and you brian talk about like how the, the the sort of building effect of of your career and then also being reminded of the 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 music video it's so true like i at the end of last year i booked my first feature film and at the beginning of this year i booked my second so there it did it felt like there was like some some momentum uh there uh the film intelligent thing kind of slowed down and ended up moving into other areas like this music video and uh, a musical that i did um but to be on set again, I mean, I have a scene with um, with um, uh, uh, Adrian, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Yes, thank you. Gosh, wow, I was almost no, blanking. Adam. Adam Brody. Adam Brody, thank you. Yeah, see, you, I was going to say Adam Brody, and then you said Adrian Brody. I was like... The pianist or the OC? Yeah. The OC. <laughs> Pretty much the same. The OC. The OC. Yeah, very, very close, very, very similar. Both kinds. Um, no, Adam Brody. <laughs> Adam Brody. <laughs> don't, don't. Jesus. Let's not do that anymore. Mr. Brody. Uh, Mr. Brody. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just avoiding the first name. Mr. A. Brody. Yes. Mr. A. Brody. Um, yes, no, Adam Brody, um, that, you know, it's, and it's a film that may go to Sundance in in January. I'm still waiting to to hear on that. And plus like the, they started pre-screening the other film that I did. So, you know, I know that that's probably, uh, Warner Brothers is really 
interested in that, so that might get distributed soon. But <clears throat> um, the music video was interesting as a new um, experience. I'd never done a music video before. Uh, once again, just like it's so funny. Like as actors, we 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 do a project and sometimes we don't see, you know, it's like you with this, with the sitcom jewels, like you, it's not, you, no one's going to see it at all until like nine months after you God. shot the thing, you know, and it's, it's, it's just bizarre, like to, to do this job and like <clears throat> really proud of it. And then I don't know, I, I, there's no way I'm going to know if anybody's ever going to see that or the two features that I did. It's just, it's just a weird thing, but it was, it was fun to, to be paid to dance, which is <clears throat> not all, always, uh, especially on film, like uh, it's happened in musicals, but that was that was uh, crazy bizarre. And then um, you know Heather's, which uh, when my manager sent me out on it, one of the things she was really excited about was the people that were going to be working on it. You know, there's a feature film director directing it, and um, you know a Tony nominated composer and a TV writer, um, you know, who's a showrunner on. Um, He's got the show Defiance on Sci-Fi. It was just such a great team, and some of the producers from the original film, and some of the producers from around town who have their own like film and television production companies who just got to do this theater thing because they were you know friends with the people who were creating it. So it was surrounded by film, television, theater uh, uh, creatives, and <clears throat> uh, this is what we didn't get a chance to talk about on what was it, the last episode, even though we were supposed to, which is that it is going to New York. Um, it got picked up at New World Stages off-Broadway. The press release just went out last week, and it was everywhere, so you may have already seen this, but, I mean, it was on Perez Hilton. It was really weird. Like, <laughs> everybody picked up on it. You know it. Well, you've made it. You win. know you made it win. <laughs> Perez Hilton draws, you know, weird things on your face. Um <clears throat> Uh, it was on Press Hilton, it was on Wall Street Journal, it was on New York Times, New York Times Theater, like everywhere. Everybody was, was talking about it. And then it's the kind of kind of thing, the Hollywood Reporter, and this is the kind of thing where every, like people are they don't it's not they don't even have a story. Like they're not putting out a story, they're just like essentially massively retweeting <laughs> you know what other people are posting. Like they say the Hollywood Reporter reports and then blah blah blah. So as Here's if, my opinion. And yeah, exactly. It's not it's not actually reporting, which is Journalism of the 21st century. Ah, yes. So, <clears throat> um, but, but because um, it's uh, equity and uh, new producers and a new theater and et cetera, et cetera, they, they, they are obligated to have uh, auditions. So they're having L.A. auditions, they're having New York auditions, and there's a very good chance I'll go, and there's a very good chance I won't go. Um, if, they, if they offer it to me, I'm definitely going, but... Um, there's no there's no guarantees there's no guarantees of, of an offer so it's it's just so it's just so weird like I may have you know there's a chance I may have like a week or two's notice that I get to move across the country and I can't even plan for it so as an actor it's a really odd position to be in and for you, sure you've been sitting in that space of like kind of ambiguity for a while now. I mean, like, like not knowing <clears throat> if you're going to go with it, not knowing, like... Yeah, we weren't allowed to talk about it, but we found out on closing day. Like they so it's sat been a few us, months. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long so how, time. So how, like, how are you coping? Like, there's so much uncertainty in our careers. There's so much like, oh, you're on a veil, and then three weeks go by, and you haven't heard anything, and you don't know if they've shot it yet. Mm -hmm. A play you're in goes to Broadway, and you don't know if you're going with it or not. I mean, how, yeah. do you, how are you kind of 
dealing with the kind of purgatory of well i'm actually really glad that it happened because i don't think i handled it very well to begin with because i was trying to figure it out um and maybe this is just saying a lot about my personality i was trying to figure it out and have an answer before i started talking to people about it which was i think stupid in hindsight like what i what i what i feel like i should have done now is actually start talking about it to my friends to other actors to um uh my, you know, had a coffee with my manager, um, just kind of get people's thoughts and my family, get people's thoughts and opinions on it before, um, um, I went crazy. Um, and so I think just talking about it is supportive. And then once it was talked out, probably the best thing that could have happened was I had, I did have a coffee with my manager and she said, forget about it. Just forget about it. Cause you're an actor. This is what happens just for, forget it's happening. Like, don't even think about it. And of course, that's like it's like don't think about pink elephants. You know, it's <laughs> you're welcome, Ben. Um, you know, it's impo- it's 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 impossible to do that really to like not think about it at all. But um, what was supportive about that mindset is if it happens, it happens, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. And just knowing that whatever happens, it's going to get handled. If I have a week's notice to get to New York, it's going to get handled. I will call upon those friends I was speaking about before, and, and everyone will rally, and we'll, 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 we'll make it happen. And, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. And then, and then nothing changes, and I stay here, and I, and I, and I bust my butt during, during pilot season. I mean, it's it, just to have that, um, I, I don't know, not security, but sort of peace of mind <clears throat> was really... The, probably the most supportive thing. I feel like, you. yeah, I, you, you were earlier talking to her about, like, you know, what makes good relationship and what's, you know, so important to a career. And I feel like this is linking right to kind of what my point of view on that is, which is just being present, being in this moment and not being result-oriented, which mm. is like so many actors are about, mm. what's the next job? What is the result of this job? Is this job taking me? And someone once told me, you know, if you have one foot in yesterday and another in tomorrow, you're in a perfect place to take a poop on today. <laughs> and I think that's so true. People are either thinking in how I messed up that audition or where is the show going or and, and we get to the answer. We get we, we want to be focused on that result rather than just being in the present moment, which is the only one that exists. The power of now. Yeah, exactly. Listen to it on audiobook, it's great. <laughs> um and I just think like whether it's being, you know, good in a scene having good relationship, handling the weird things that this kind of business throws at you, like, am I moving to New York or am I staying here? Regardless of what the problem or the or the issue is, being present and authentic in that moment is the only answer across the board every time. Which is Absolutely. what we do. Like, that's what we're paid to do. <laughs> exactly. Right? So if you're not doing that in life, then how do you do that in performance? It's so yeah. much harder. It's so much harder. You know, it's a practice. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that comes up for me is I keep seeing it. I think the more, the more quote unquote success one gets, sometimes I think the harder it is to enjoy the process because you start to taste and feel these things that you've been like dreaming about for years. And I see it over and over with my actor friends who are like, like, I just got to get this next thing. And then, and then you get it and then it's the next day. Mm -hmm. And now what, you know, and that never stops when you, 
book that co-star, then there's the guest star, then there's the series regular, then it's how come I didn't get nominated for an Emmy? How come I didn't win it? How come I'm not having how a film I career? Nominated you know, that's a good you question. Why? Um, <laughs> now it's about that. Now it's a terrible day. <laughs> you know, and if you're not enjoying the process while you're doing it, like why? Why do it? Life is too short. Go do something that you enjoy the process of because acting, even on set, most of it is the process. Most of it is waiting. And then you have like 30 seconds that they've spent four hours setting up and you have one shot to get it perfect. And then it's another four hours of waiting. And if you're not at least enjoying that four hours of waiting, like pick a different profession where you can be happy. It's interesting. I heard an interview with Tony Hale, who's on Veep and who was Buster on Arrested Development. And he talked about how he always wanted a sitcom, always wanted a sitcom, got Arrested Development, and then went into a depression of sorts because Mm -hmm. nothing could live up to it. Mm. Nothing could live up to a dream. Instead, it was a job and a job that was really fun with great writing and great people, but sometimes was frustrating and sometimes was pressure filled and sometimes was boring and sometimes was all of these things that is part of a job. And he said that the biggest lesson he learned from that was that he should have been practicing just being content. That when he was in New York waiting on his sitcom, that practicing being content in that moment then. And then yeah. only then are you really able to enjoy it when it mm-hmm. comes. Because otherwise, it seems like it's going to be the thing that fixes me or the thing right. that answers mm-hmm. my life. Right. The problem is that once that happens, you're still you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a happy person, a content person, you're that. And if you were a ball of neurotic mess, you're still going <laughs> to be that. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's why I was so, that's what I was saying before about being so appreciative that this happened in this way. Because it's like it's not it's not necessarily like the big stakes. You know, when we had we were just talking about her before we started recording. When we had Emily Rose, or did I say that on the podcast? I can't remember. When we had Emily Rose on the podcast, she was talking about like being really grateful. It's so interesting. It's like a different echelon. Being really grateful to have booked a series lead on sci-fi because she could make all these mistakes, and there weren't quite as many people watching. Mm. Like she could, she could make mistakes. She could learn the rope, so to speak, and not feel the pressure of having like the series lead on like NBC or you know ABC or something like that. I thought that was really interesting. But that's what I was talking about before about learning the lesson now in this way with the stakes not being quite as high because my foot wasn't in the past and the present. I was pooping all over the place. Like it was, I, I didn't know what I, I had like, your feet were my house feet, was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my feet so were in the air. I was upside down. Dominoes. I was poop dominoes. That's my strip in it. Wait, no. Um, <laughs> blue balls. Yes. Yeah, so blue balls and, and poop dominoes. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was like, I was, I was literally driving myself, myself crazy as opposed to being, being present, like you said. And, and, and the other thing, um, in regards to poop being everywhere is <laughs> I was, I had, I had sort of paralyzed myself in that I was sort of waiting and wishing and hoping that there was going to be an answer and not doing anything right now. So I wasn't working on the next step in my career. I wasn't doing anything for my career or for myself as an artist or whatever. I was like, uh, 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 in this, in this sort of holding pattern. So all that to say, probably one of the biggest lessons I learned this year, and I'm really grateful for it. I think that's an interesting thing to bring up this time of year too, because I was supposed to hear about three big things this week. And I heard about one. 
yes, you did. And but then I was so tight and, and worried about like what next because it's this weird time of year where like the business kind of slows down and you think about the last year, you think about what you want in the future, and there's not a lot of you're not going out at this time of year really, which we like thrive on getting seen or or, or having those meetings or whatever. Um, but it, you still have to keep your energy going and be present during this like kind of crazy stressful holiday time when you're around your nutty family. I love you, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> but, <Tell> your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's an interesting like different times of year. I think as an actor, like you have to really be really work at being present. And um, I think that's just hearing you say that right now was very valuable to me. This is a really good segue, because the next question I wanted to kind of go around and ask everybody is is the other half of the kind of annual review question, which is what didn't go well this past year and and why? Like, what did what lesson, what was the big lesson that each of us learned? Do we get to hear about your yeah, year? Yeah, I was going to say, yes, you, we I'll hear about, about your year. year. My sisters already know about my year, man. I've, <laughs> talked about, I've been talking about it for a year. <laughs> but now they get it in one episode. Yeah, there you go. Uh... The highlights. Well, the podcast hit 127 episodes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, it's happening right now. Uh, I did a really exciting short film. Everybody knows about Midnight Monster. Um, worked with some exciting people on that. I had a lot of stuff come out this year, which I feel like mm-hmm. has been a long time coming, but it all kind of hit all at once. So it, it looked like I was super busy and super prolific. <laughs> and really, it was like just, again, the compound effect. It was a bunch of things that just I had worked on. For a while, that just all decided to come out at the same time. So um, it worked for Jessica Chastain. It can work for you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, it was a lot of you know a lot of like little web series and short films. Um, I just found out yesterday that <clears throat> Donor, the short film that I wrote and associate produced and acted in, is now available on SnagFilms.com. Nice. So anybody can go on there and watch it, along with a host of other really exciting indie type stuff. Um, uh, I can't remember if this was this year or last year, but the donor won some awards. I think mm-hmm. it was last year. I don't know. I mean, it was it was a good year. You know, it was it was it was it was good. It was also um, a lot of inner work. You know, a lot of the transformational stuff that we talk about on the show. So it was a lot of digging deep and figuring out what it is that makes me tick and why I. Um, respond to things the way I have in the past and what are some new ways of being that I can choose to kind of consciously work on. So it was a lot of that and I think that all informed my work. I think the big lesson I'm taking away from this year as far as it applies to acting is I don't I don't know if I believe in acting so much anymore. And I know that's a really weird thing to say, but I really like, who was it? These guys that did this movie, there were these two twins, and they just, like, got together and made a movie, and Ed Harris was in it. I forget their names, but um, I was reading their book. They wrote a book called If You're Either You're In or You're In The Way, and it was all about how they just, like, went balls out and made a film and did whatever it took to make the film. And um, they said, you know, we don't really act. We just tell the truth. And I just really, that resonated with me, and I was like, you know what? I think that's kind of what I've been looking for all this time as an actor, is not, you know, oh, do I get to have a sword? You know, like, it's, it was more like, <laughs> you know, it, can, can I scream and have blood on my face? Can I walk away from an exploding building? Like, there's a lot of that stuff that we want to do that's just fun. But more than anything, I, I think I started to finally come around to the place of just, like, there's a quiet kind of, like, place where I just 
if I have a script or I'm in a scene with somebody, I just look at the other person and it's just, I just you just tell the truth. And acting is suddenly the simplest thing in the world to me. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, but it's simple. Yeah. It's so simple. And that was something that I played with this year in, in the work that I did. And I felt like it just, it felt right. It felt right. So, so that was my year. I love that. Mm-hmm. People who aren't familiar with acting often, like, oh, you're an actor. You must be good at lying. And I'm like, actually, I'm terrible at lying because all I do is work on being honest and truthful and having what is going on in my head show up on my face. Like, I, I can't lie. Yeah. There's a book, uh, is it How to Stop Acting? By Harold, uh, Harold Guskin. Guskin, yeah, that's a great book. Yeah, it's book. a good one. It's my favorite if, if, acting book, yeah. It's really good. But that's, again, that's a practice. That's a practice. The more you do it in your life the more present you're going to be and more truthful you're going to be in your work. You can, yeah. do, you can do it yeah. all the time. And if you're inconsistent in life, it's, it shows up in your work. That's yeah. so true. There's no boundary. Between, well, I mean, there's a boundary, but there's not like a, a clear-cut line between like life and acting work. It's so, since it's such intimate work that we do, it's like how you, run, how you live your life is so often how you approach your, well, your also, art. Because there's no right answer. Yeah. Like that's one of the most frustrating things in class is like people who want to get it right, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, if you want to get it right, then maybe do theater because at the end of the day, there will be like at least blocking that you have to hit, and the <laughs> stage manager will get mad at you if you don't. But like film yeah. and TV, like give me your perfect run, quote unquote perfect, and then then I want to see it thirty more times, and then I'm going to reshoot it from a different angle, and then another angle, and then eight more angles, and then I'm going to give all of it to an editor who's going to cut together a performance you never gave. So there's no right answer. There's just different stories that you can tell. And all of yeah. those have to be based in truth because if not, we're going to see it because the camera's a big magnifying glass on your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see when you're lying. Yes. True story. <laughs> Who wants to act now? <laughs> yeah. So And the podcast lost all its listeners. <laughs> that was it. Poop dominoes in that statement. Episode 127 is the final one. This episode of Inside Acting has been brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. Want to learn your lines fast? Be off book for auditions? Explore your characters and make stronger choices? There's an app for that, Rehearsal 2. Download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com slash download.